Welcome everybody. Great to be with you today. Thanks for watching these podcasts uh, uh, as we kind of recap the sermon for the week, for the weekend. And uh, we're having fun doing this and I hope you're enjoying it. It's a little bit deeper look at the topic and the message we had over the weekend. And I'm excited to be here with Matt and Greg today. How you doing guys? Not too shabby. Fantastic. Fantastic. Greg preached a great message yesterday. We were in our series, The Bottom Line, and Greg concluded it yesterday in a, in a really powerful way. Thanks, Greg, for that as he talked about Thanks for the opportunity. walking humility. That was really good. Thank really you. Really good yesterday. Really practical. Really expounded the scripture well and uh, well received by everybody. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thanks for the chance. Thanks for the opportunity. It's always, uh, uh, it's always a good time and love doing that, but also uh, you feel the responsibility as well to... Uh, Make sure that you go into it and you know you communicate what God's laid on your heart and then uh, put it in such a way that people are able to walk away with something, you hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. How did this message impact you the most personally? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably easy for me to say, you know, well, we're supposed to, you know, the idea of walking in humility and being humble, that's something that as followers of Christ that we kind of nonchalantly say, that's something we're supposed to do so we get that. Um but the, the whole premise of what that actually means and what that actually looks like uh, requires a little bit of a deeper look. And then just the, the number of times throughout Scripture that there is a constant contrast between humility and pride. Um, and oftentimes we just gloss over pride like, well, you know, pride means that, you know, I just think too highly of myself. And so I don't do that and uh, therefore I don't have to worry about it. But when I, as I began to take a deeper look at pride, um, really kind of focusing in on uh, how many times I push back on the fact that I need somebody's help or I need uh, or I I feel like I just handle things on my own that was a that was a little bit of a a gut shot there and then just the whole factor as well about um, when it comes to humility the beginning place is uh, remembering who I am and remembering who I am not both of those really uh, just kind of smack me in the face a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah Humility requires to know who you are. It almost sounds like it's easy to think anyway that knowing who you are is kind of arrogant. Right. You know, yeah. like I'm the stuff or I'm who I am. You know, it almost feels that way. Mm-hmm. It's very counterintuitive, you know, to talk about humility, knowing who you are. Why is that so important? Well, I think it's I think it's twofold, to be honest with you. One is is that when I when I remember who I am, um, it is on one side of it, it's remembering who who God says that I am, and I know that's once again it's kind of focusing in on myself. But I can't I can't be who I'm supposed to be. I can't focus on anything else until I get a firm foundation as to who I'm being called to be, mm-hmm. who I'm being created to be, um, and so that whole premise of remembering who I am. Uh, for me, that is a huge factor in the sense of so many people struggle, myself included at times, at the idea of not trying to be somebody else or live up to somebody else's expectations or even false expectations that I can put on myself, but remembering who, really who God says that I am and what, and what scripture has a, a factor in there. But then on the flip side of that as well, while I get that encouragement of being reminded of who God says that I am, that I've got to be very careful that I don't become puffed up, puffed up and arrogant in the sense of, that I forget where I've come from mm-hmm. and I forget what God's done in my life and that it's really not by any uh, anything I've done on my own. It really is by God's grace that uh, I'm able to be where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. You brought out the other point. Uh, humility is knowing who we're not. Yeah. 
That's important. That, that, that seems a little more intuitive with humility to understand that I'm not God. But we all struggle with that God complex down deep inside. We don't call it that. Sure. But uh, I know you said you struggled with, uh, I got this. Yep. I don't need help. That's a God complex. Absolutely. Right Absolutely. Um, you know, so many times it is, we, we never would phrase it in the sense of saying, well, I think I'm God, right? We, most people would never frame it in that particular framework there. But so many times we get caught up in thinking, well, maybe as I've been walking my, you know, my faith journey for this length of period of time, I have come up with uh, the right way to do things. And therefore, my opinion on everything is always the right, is always the right thing to do. And uh, I can become so focused on making sure that I give everybody the right answers that I never uh, contemplate, well, I could be wrong on this, or uh, mm-hmm. maybe I need somebody else's opinion on this one, or maybe I need maybe I need to consult Scripture a little bit more, or maybe I need to open myself up to somebody else speaking in uh, into this situation. Uh, we can just get so focused on, uh, I've got the right answers, or I know how to do this, or I've got this thing figured out, that we never even you know open ourselves up to the fact of, wow, this is really some issues in here of me thinking that I'm, I'm better, or I'm more knowledgeable, or I'm stronger than I actually am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found I got to hear the message four times. It was fantastic all four times. But <laughs> yeah, like sure, as sure. as you were going through it, like I found myself again. I know we beat social media up a lot. Yeah, it's a huge part of our culture. Um, thinking about social media, and then I started going back through like also like doing the next right thing and being mm-hmm. kind. And I almost think there's a little bit of a sense of a false humility that people have. I don't know if that's the hmm. right way. Maybe not a complete humility. I don't know the best way to say yeah. it. But like, because so much of our culture is, hey, look at this good thing that I did. Right. Or see how kind I was to this person. Like there's that. We've probably all said it. It's not official unless it's Facebook, Facebook official, official yeah. or Instagram or whatever the kids are doing. I don't know. Whatever the things are. I had this I had this part in, in the notes, but it was one of those things that doesn't always make it into the message mm-hmm. because of uh, you know timing and different things like that. You never say everything that you think or everything that you want to say. Um, but one of the things that I put in there was is that I'm not I'm not anti-social media or at all. I mean, I think there's some definitely some great aspects. You guys are watching this because you know chances are you're probably watching it on Facebook. But uh, I think social media tends to highlight some of that stuff, just kind of what you were saying there, Matt. Because you think about social media, it's all the time me, me posting pictures of myself or things that I'm doing or talking about or being able to share my opinion or my yeah. thoughts on a particular thing. The focus still stays on me and what I think or how I'm living and stuff like that. So I, I don't think social media caused it. I think social media highlights yeah. uh, that aspect of our lives where we have a tendency to keep it focused on us. Okay. Social media just brings out what's going on in the culture for mm-hmm. everybody to see. Mm-hmm. I think the last two messages, you know, you talk, we talk about kindness and humility. I, I think our culture is moving away from both of those things. Yeah. Humility specifically, it seems like a lot of what you see on social media is image building. You know, mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. one of the highest uh, desires, they, they poll kids today, and uh, one of the leading careers that kids want to achieve is influencer. Right. Social media. Yeah. And... Uh, it's almost like you see these and you have to have the perfect hair, the perfect body, the perfect habits, mm-hmm. the perfect life. It, 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 there's a pressure to, to have it all together. And we almost feel like we're less if we don't. When the way, the way to God is, somebody said the way up is down. Mm-hmm. 
the way to come to God is to admit that you don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And life has a way of telling <laughs> us that right. even when we think we do. Well, I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's probably one of the things that we see in our culture today. And uh, part of it's probably, uh, or ha- it lends itself to that whole cancel culture uh, philosophy there is that we have individuals that get built up, either they build themselves up or we as you know, a society build them up into a platform. And the moment that they make that mistake or the moment that they fall or the moment that something goes wrong in their life, it is this huge fall that takes yeah. place. Um, and whether they had built themselves up on that platform because of a lack of humility or because we falsely put them there, uh, the fall is so much harder. Build them up so we can knock them down. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way, Greg, you took it to the humility, just some very practical things that you could do. What walking in humility actually means. Very powerful. Walking in humility means that I'm going to serve others. Yep. Love the story you told about hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, if you've got if you got kids, you know you have a tendency to learn learn a lot from mm-hmm. them. Um, they teach they teach you a lot about who you are and teach you a lot about the person that you want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, you know, my kids, I'll, you know, I, I brag on them a lot just because I'm I'm proud of them and proud of the people that they are that they're becoming. Uh, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, oh, really? but uh, yeah, but. Uh, but no, uh, you know, uh, Hope, love, Hope loves serving in those rooms, and she uh, she loves uh, hanging out with those babies. Um, man, she uh, it's one of the things that it's the highlight of her week. It really is uh, to go into those rooms and, and sit down with them and play with them and just kind of you know get a chance to to express some love towards them. And uh, I walk by those rooms sometimes, and I'll see her, and she's you know she's on her knees, uh, sitting down with those kids, and I'm just kind of thinking. You know, she's not really caring about who gets the credit on this. She's not worried about if anybody walks by and gives her a pat on the back. I mean, she's like everybody else that loves the encouragement that comes along with that. And I, I think there's a place for that. But that's not the reason that she's doing it. And, uh, you know, she doesn't want anything to get in the way of her opportunities to go and serve uh, and serve in those rooms. When your kids want to go to church, that's a win right there. Absolutely. And, and part of what I think attracts her, attracts other people, is the opportunity to serve. Right. Many times we get it in our heads, three of us may, well, if I have good enough worship, good enough preaching, that gets people here. Humility in our lives would say, no, it's not about them coming to hear me sing right. or preach. They're coming here for an opportunity to do something for the kingdom, mm-hmm. to plug in somewhere. Right. And your daughter's feeling that already at a young age. That's pretty powerful. But humility is an opportunity. It's Humility is demonstrated by serving. Yep. That's what Jesus did. That's exactly right. I don't know that when you told the foot washing story, people understood what that meant for Greg to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to unpack that here. When it demonstrated. Yeah. <laughs> there will be, be no feet <laughs> demonstrations. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I absolutely uh, despise the idea of feet. Uh, it is, idea. It, it, I mean, it is nasty, disgusting. Like, I mean, it, I, I want everybody to wear closed-toed shoes. I, 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 don't want, I don't want anybody walking around with open-toed sandals, flip-flops. I, I, I think it's nasty. I think it's disgusting. But the worst part about it is if you ever, if, you know, when you're wearing socks and you take the socks off and then there's the fuzz and stuff in between your feet, they stink, they smell, they're nasty, there's fungus growing down there. It is absolutely insane and ridiculous. Uh, for me, now in 2023, um, and it was worse than that uh, in the time period that Jesus walked as well. 
Oh, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they're walking with sandals and barefoot on dirt roads that uh, that would have been the same place that animals would have traveled. And so there was no way that you could miss the chocolate pies as you were walking through the road. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Alexa asked me during the message, we know you, all yeah. of us who hang out yeah. with you know you well and know that about you, but the congregation didn't. I almost wish you'd have told that yesterday. Yeah. But uh, Alexa nudged me during the one of the services. We were there for three of them, and uh, she said, what if God called Greg to wash people's feet? Would he do it? I would, I would like to say that I would just because I want to. I want, if that's what God's calling me to do, I would love to say that. I, I would hope that I would. Um, I'm not feeling that at this point in time. So You're going to need uh, to hear it, boys. I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's going to have to be right. one of those miraculous moments right there where it is you know, clear as a bell. I'm sure you would. You've done harder things for the Lord and his kingdom before. But uh, I thought that was really good for you. It just struck me when she said that. I thought, yeah, Greg's talking about that <laughs> yeah. of all people. Um, it was a nasty thing to walk sure. around sandals, you know, straps, just basically leather tied around your foot mm -hmm. and dirt roads and long journeys and their bottom of the... Have you ever, I mean, you walked around in shorts or something yep. uh, in the summertime on Look a down. dirt road. You're yep. nasty. Your legs, even if you got shoes on, your legs get dirty. And I love the point you brought out that... Uh, they get in there and nobody's washing feet. Right. And it may be they, you know, they borrowed the room, you know, mm -hmm. somebody else's room they went and stayed in. And um, apparently there was no servant there designated to do it. Yep. And nobody was washing feet. Yep. And they, they needed, that was supposed to be done. When exactly. When you came in and sat down to eat. You were supposed to wash. The Jews were very meticulous in their washing habits, mm -hmm. you know, hands, feet, uh, just taking care of their hygiene. There were strict observances there, but nobody did it. And what you brought out that I thought was so good, it, it seems that none of the disciples wanted to take that on. Right. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, they were sitting—the thing about it was is that it was obvious that that hadn't been done. They're sitting at a table, not like we would consider sitting at a dining room table or anything like that. They're sitting at a table where they're basically on their knees, kind of leaning up against pillows or cushions or stuff like that. So everybody's feet is right there on top of each other. It's not like it's hidden under the table. I mean, they kind of knelt back, and so the feet are right there. Um, and so— it's this idea uh, that they're sitting there, so it's obvious, and nobody's willing to do it. But to, to answer your question, there are some scholars that believe that this event took place in a, a very, a very near the same time that Jesus would have been having the conversation with James and John about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, and it was this whole idea about, hey, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be the least of these. The greatest of you will be the one who serves. And so it's that kind of conversation that for some scholars, they believe that this event took place right after that. Um, and so once again, it's highlighting the fact of that nobody wanted to be in a position of where they were still thinking in a worldly mindset about in order for me to be great, I've got to be sitting at the, you know, the head of the table. I got to be sitting at the left or right hand. So nobody's wanting to admit that I'm kind of lower down on the totem pole here. I still want to have this idea of what it means to be great. And Jesus is constantly coming back around to this message of my kingdom isn't like the kingdoms that you're used to. My kingdom isn't like the worldly kingdom. If you want, I mean, the way to achieve authority, the way to have, you know, to have influence is not by lording authority or power over somebody. Mm -hmm. It is by serving them. And so he has this moment in time right there to be able to actually demonstrate what real authority and what real power and what real greatness looks like mm -hmm. by getting up 
and washing their feet. Mm-hmm. I've thought of that many times that there are scholars who believe they were actually having the conversation, maybe even as he was washing their feet, mm. not even recognizing what was, what going, was going on. on. Think about it, you're sitting around in a heated discussion, somebody starts washing your feet and you don't even look down. It almost feels like Peter was surprised by it. Oh yeah. Because Peter's like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> you're not washing my feet. Yeah. They had this twisted idea of what greatness was. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's important. Humility serving. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, and it changes the game. I mean, I, I, I think in one service I may have said it. I don't know if I said it in all of them. But it is one of those things that really differentiates uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ from everything else that's out there in our world is that that you are willing to take on the, the place of somebody who's willing to serve and not, mm-hmm. yeah. not trying to get credit, not trying to get your name up in lights, not trying to be famous. But simply, I'm coming alongside, and I don't care if you know my name, but as long as you know that, man, there is a God who loves you, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the, I mean, I think that ties into when you talked about surrender. You know, like, mm-hmm. it requires you to surrender. And you talked about Jesus. He's God, but he's also, you know, Son of God. And, and I think maybe you and I talked about it. I don't remember if you talked about it during the service or not, but this idea of Jesus surrendered his rights. Like, mm-hmm. he was king of the kingdom. He was trying right. to... Like, he actually surrendered his rights. And I think a lot of times we, we tend to get confused and think we're surrendering our rights. But we don't have those. Mm-hmm. Those don't... We're just lucky to be here. Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> right. Um, but for whatever reason, we've built ourselves up. Like, no, I'm entitled to this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is... Yeah. I'm too good to do that. You know, somebody else can do that act of service or whatever the thing is. Yep. That's really good. He laid aside his deity. That's so important to understand. To really come to a good understanding of Jesus, you've got to understand he was fully God and fully man. But Philippians, the very passage you were in yesterday, and others teach us that he laid aside his power as the Son of God and lived on earth as a human being filled with the Holy Spirit, just like we do. That makes it so powerful. But he laid aside his rights and and all that. Have you ever walked in, I'm thinking about this, have you ever, there are times we let other people in the church use the church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's times we've had schools come in, we've had ministries come in and essentially take over the facility for a day. Right. Mm-hmm. I've driven up before, you know, and I've been here 25 years. I was there when they built that. I <laughs> see it all. I've driven up before and I was, I was in one of these situations once and uh, I was walking in and I was just looking around and somebody told me, you can't go in there. They had a door blocked off or something. And they told me, you can go in there. My reaction inside was this. I'm not proud of this, but my reaction is inside. Mm -hmm. I'm being vulnerable here. But I was like, I can go in any place I want. I was here... Yeah, when the deep match. Yeah. <laughs> I was here when this thing was built. I'm trying to be Aslan here, but uh, you know, I was here, and you, I'm the pastor of this. Yeah. It's really, it's down in there. Yeah. And I didn't think so. It's like, don't you know? I've got key to every door in this place. I, <laughs> I can go in here, but I didn't do that. Yeah, I sure. was like, okay, because I understood they didn't have a clue who I was. And they were just operating their policies yeah. and they were doing what they were told to do. So I didn't flip out. But I was I was upset with myself for that even rising up. Mm, yeah. You know. And uh, humility can just or pride can just jump up like that yep. and, and it's you don't realize it's there. That's one of those moments I felt it. I think it's good. I mean, you know, the yeah, the idea that 
you know, we've got, you know, feel like we've got some kind of right or, you know, by, you know, by who we are, or by what we've done or, you know, the job that we have or something like that. There's some, there's some rights or privileges that, that come along with that. And for, for Jesus, I mean, there was obviously quite a bit that he had the divine privileges for. And then coming back to just the fact that he's willing to lay that aside for, for us to be able to, to come here and be born as a human being, to, to live as one of us among us. Um, man, that is, that, that's quite the overwhelming uh, thought. And to, to bring it back, it's, the hum, it's a humbling thought. Mm, um, it it kind of, once again, you know, kind of puts me back in my place about, okay, <laughs> that's what he did. I'm supposed to follow that example. Mm-hmm. So what is he calling me to surrender mm-hmm. in my life? What am I kind of still holding on to? Mm-hmm. I love this series. And a good friend told me yesterday, one of our leaders said, this series has been so impactful for me and for our church yeah. to just get to the bottom line on these three things, to do the next right thing, to just be kind to people and to walk in humility before God. Yeah. And we get those things right, 2023, we're, we're going to see some great things we're seeing great things but uh, we're going to continue to see some great things i agree it's been yeah. good I mean, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from uh, those of you watching online and uh, people yeah. in, the, in the church that have been there in person it's been a it's been an impactful series speaking of people in person <laughs> my goodness the last three weeks have been just uh the the biggest group we've had together at yeah. one time at, at attendance uh, that we've ever had other than a big special day so people were turning out in droves i looked at the uh, 11 30 service of all things yesterday and said (laughs) man it doesn't look like we're doing three services at all yeah we're doing two i mean it's amazing good call on adding that service this year (laughs) well uh, you know i was worrying i told you and i'll say in front of our audience i was worrying around christmas is this the right thing but it has worked so well yeah Tell me this. People ask me this all the time. What's it like doing that thing three times in a row? Tell us what it's like. <laughs> I know, but, but yeah. you tell us. Uh, so uh, it's been a while since I had done three in a row, uh, probably since our, our, our you know our COVID series. For those of you who may not know, we have three on Sunday morning yep. with like a 15-minute turnaround yep. in between services. So you, you're preaching it and then waiting about... 45 minutes and again, and then 45 minutes and again. You so got time to run to the restroom before the next service starts. People right. talk, you shake some hands, run to the restroom and come right back. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is, is that you have done this. So by the time you get to that third one, you've done it four times. This will be the fourth time you've done it total. Third time you've done it that day. And uh, you start forgetting what you have said in each one of the services. So you start saying something and then you kind of pause for a moment <laughs> and you're kind of like, wait a minute, did I just say this? Yes. And you did, but it was just a few minutes ago. Yeah. So trying to keep track of where you're at and trying to make sure you're, you're saying everything that you want to say and not getting confused about where you're at, that's probably the biggest, the biggest hurdle in you all that. You have a slight moment of panic that <laughs> I'm repeating myself. And then you look to them to see if they look that's like you're exactly repeating right. A couple times I've said, have I said this already? Because <laughs> you feel like it about the mm-hmm. third time. Oh, goodness. But it's well, good. Fantastic. Well, it's been a great word, been a great series. Looking forward yep. to next time. We're going to yep. start uh, next week, this week coming. We're going to be starting the uh, Psalm 91. That's right. The secret place of the Most High. I'm really excited. It's so meaningful to me and to so many people have said that Psalm has meant uh, many people have gotten hold of me, email, call, whatever, right. and just said that Psalm means and has meant so much to me, and they're really excited to go through it as I am. Wow. Wow. 
Hey, uh, something else pretty cool this weekend is that we've got our uh, baptisms this yeah. weekend as well. Really that's, a, that's always an exciting time, watching people take their next step of faith and uh, going public with their faith through baptism. So that's going to be, uh, that's always an exciting part of our services as well. It is. It is. Great time. So we'll be baptizing people yep. and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do that. <laughs> yep. That's always the fun of it too. People don't often realize that when you do three, it's pretty tightly scheduled and you got to figure out these extra elements and make them work. It is. a great team that does it. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. It's been great to be together, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again next time.